I just wanted to not feel like my period was trying to kill me every month from a psychological standpoint. Uh, but that happened and then I was kind of starting to think, well, if that can happen, can I have a relationship that's stable and healthy and successful? Can I have a career? Can I be a mother at some point? Because at that point, previously, uh, none of those things would have been a responsible choice or were possible for me. You know, I was, I had a mood disorder that was related to my reproductive system and mood disorders are very volatile. Welcome to the Wildflow podcast with me, Charlotte Pronto, certified cycle and feminine embodiment coach and shamanic womb guide. In this podcast, I'll share my wisdom and conversations with powerful change makers, thought leaders and embodied teachers to invite you to live cyclically in flow with your menstrual cycle instead of fearing it, to heal menstrual shame and normalize womb wisdom and period positivity and to step into your sovereign magnetic power to create and embody the change you desire to see in your world. Settle in to unleash your wild flow. Today we're shining a light on PMDD, which is premenstrual dysphoric disorder. And this is a really common and really severe form of PMS. My guest today, Jess Hagen, is a period educator, integrative menstrual health coach and fertility awareness method instructor. She is the chief menstruator at Her Mood Mentor, where she works both one-on-one and in group settings to empower, educate and support menstruators to heal hormonal imbalances and reproductive mood disorders such as PMDD. Jess's practice is built upon an integrative medicine framework and really rooted in the belief that the body has an innate capacity to heal. At her mood mentor, Jess approaches the menstrual cycle as the body's fifth vital sign of health and advocates for the principles of self-efficacy, cycle awareness, body literacy, and informed consent. And in today's podcast episode, we dove really deep. It's um, it's PMDD Awareness Month uh, in April while we're recording this, and um, it's so important to me that we really shine a light on how people can experience menstrual cycles so differently. And, you know, particularly in my work and in the cycle awareness realm, you know, there's a lot of reclamation work being done around the premenstrual phase, you know, seeing that it does have opportunities within it. It does have strengths and gifts and magic and medicine. And it's not just this time of like suffering where so many people do. But for somebody who's experiencing PMDD, suffering is so real and absolutely, completely life um, altering and very debilitating. So I'm really grateful for Jess to share her story of just how she has suffered with PMDD and why this has led her to do the work that she does to help people to to heal their PMDD and to come into a new relationship with their body and their cycle in a really powerfully holistic way. So this is for you if you do experience PMDD or you think you might do, but also if you don't, I would really love you to listen in so that you have an awareness of what is going on, what it's like and different ways that we can support people with PMDD, whether friends, family, clients, um, to go and get the help that they need to really heal something that can feel like there's just no way out. So I hope that you enjoy this and take a lot of information away. Welcome, Jess, to Wildflow. How are you today? I'm doing wonderful. How are you, Charlotte? I'm good, thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm um, on cycle day six today. So I'm feeling um, like my energy is just starting to come back. and My blood is just finishing. Um, it's the last little drips this morning. Um, I, I'm also feeling really tired. I've just had a, a few days, three solid days during my bleed of really long workshops and circles, mm-hmm. which was incredible, but really draining for um the kind of time of my cycle when I just really wanted to be so inward and not around other people, even though it was just incredible and nourishing as well. So I'm just feeling a little bit 
like hungover from that, I think, just a little bit like it's that rise in energy is taking a little bit longer. Um, and we've just had a moment to breathe and just drop in before recording. And I feel really kind of like, ah, oh, just a bit kind of blissful and, and super chilled. So yeah. yeah. And how about you? Do you have a menstrual cycle? And if so, where are you in your cycle? And if not, um, just how are you feeling in your body today? And do you relate to your cyclical nature still, mm-hmm. even without that? Mm-hmm. I do have a cycle. I am on day 19 of my cycle. So I'm in the luteal phase and I'm feeling it managing much better than I have in past luteal phases, of course, uh, dealing with, you know, managing PMDD. Um, so I'm happy. I'm happy the way that this cycle is going. I haven't been experiencing any severe menstrual symptoms and, uh, yeah, just kind of easing into the lower energy phase and doing the best I can to just support the nature that that phase of the cycle is. Um, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And that feels like so aligned with our conversation today, um, which is about PMDD. So premenstrual dysphoric disorder. And this is something that you support people to um to understand and to to heal and to um kind of I guess manage but um if I want of a better word and so I feel like you know with you um being in that particular phase of your cycle is going to add a certain um you know an extra kind of layer or lens I guess to to our mm-hmm. conversation so really here for you from you how you experience it and you know that difference you said about having you know you're feeling good at the minute um and I'd love to you know explore what comes up for you and you know the people that you work with as well and just really dive into this conversation my intention for this is so that people can have a greater awareness of something that you know is prevalent um but even you know if you're not somebody who experiences this to have an awareness and an, an, and an understanding so that you can be an ally and support to people who do experience PMDD and just understanding as well that, you know, for some people, the menstrual cycle is not, is not a great thing um, and how it can just be so different for, for us as well as, you know, I'd love to hear you know about the work you do as well. So yeah, thank you for sharing your cycle check-in and you know, I really just feel like that's a great place to ask you if you would just share with us, if you're happy to, um, you know, a bit about your story, I guess, and what really brought you to the place of making PMDD support, like the focus of your work. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a long story, so I will try to be concise as much as possible. Uh, it was there, PMDD. Of course, I didn't know what PMDD was for, for almost two decades, but at Menarche, um, I was already experiencing some severe mood symptoms around my first period and the subsequent periods. Um age 12, age 13, age 14, age 15. Um, and it was to the point that it was abnormal. The symptoms that I was experiencing, they were severe and my mom recognized that pretty immediately. And we sought out some guidance around that. And of course it's not unusual to be told, well, it's going to take, you know, some, people say up to 12 years for a menstrual cycle to fully mature and um, normalize and, and for the symptoms around the cycle to, <clears throat> to kind of regulate, but I couldn't really, I couldn't manage. So by the time I was 15, I was put on hormonal contraceptives in order to manage the symptoms. And I did have physical symptoms, but mostly what PMDD is, is talking about psychological symptoms because it's a reproductive mood disorder. 
still age 15, uh, I didn't know what PMDD was. I was just told this is PMS and the pill will help you. The, that wasn't my experience with the pill. I had a lot of negative side effects and I tried many different forms of contraceptive and some of them exacerbated my symptoms very severely. So it became clear that that wasn't really an option. Even though I gave that up as an option for many years, I did come back to it later when I was desperate. Uh, And again, I had that, I had a really, really negative experience in my late twenties, getting back on hormonal contraceptives and it massively exacerbating my symptoms and the the physician telling me to stay on it. It will take a while to regulate. But at that time I was experiencing increasing suicidal ideation on the medication. And so I was not going to continue taking it. Of course, that was not the right um, suggestion for them to make in my point and my point of view. So I pretty much at that point fully abandoned the allopathic treatment protocols for PMDD. That was still before I had an, a PMDD diagnosis or was able to connect the dots that this was in fact a reproductive mood disorder that I was dealing with. But in the meantime, I was misdiagnosed as bipolar, um, lots of you know ADHD, major depression, put on antipsychotics, put on SSRIs, the whole gamut. And none of those things were the right option for me. And they didn't alleviate my symptoms and they just kind of came with more unwanted symptoms. So after that rock bottom point in my late twenties, I had lost the relationship that I was one of the reasons I got back on the birth control. Um, I lost my job. I was in bed instead of being in bed for two weeks of the month, I was in bed for two months while I tried to be on the birth control. Um, and it was just kind of the dark, the dark night for me where I had the realization where, you know, either this maybe will be the end of me, right? Cause I have no more treatment options. I'm, I'm out of options clearly, or I have to figure out something else. Like there has to be something else. I cannot continue to live my life this way. This is, there's nothing about this that is normal. Um, and so at that point I began heavily researching and experimenting with different integrative protocols. And within three months, I had the first symptom-free period that I had ever had for 17 years. That was 17 years I dealt with PMDD. And then three months into experimenting with lifestyle and diet medicine, I had my period come without any symptoms. And at that point, that was a really transformational moment because I never thought that was going to be possible. I was never looking to completely disappear my symptoms. I didn't think that that would ever happen. I just wanted to not feel like my period was trying to kill me every month from a psychological standpoint. Uh, But that happened. And then I was kind of starting to think, well, if that can happen, can I have a relationship that's stable and healthy and successful? Can I have a career? Can I be a mother at some point? Because at that point, Previously, uh, none of those things would have been a responsible choice or were possible for me. You know, I was, I had a mood disorder that was related to my reproductive system and mood disorders are very volatile, any mood disorder that you talk about. So um, it's not unusual that it would be hard to have a job or keep a healthy relationship because you're dealing with severe psychological symptoms. The thing that's different from PMDD to other mood disorders is that because it's hormone related, it's very predictable, which is actually a super positive thing because if you're dealing with a a bipolar uh, mood disorder, other mood disorders, they kind of come and go at, at at their own whim, but with PMDD, it's a pattern. And when you see the pattern and you learn Uh, more about the body systems that are playing into your reproductive health and how to support them, uh, you can reduce your symptoms and most of all, gain skills and tools to manage those symptoms. So not a short story. (laughs) Thank you. Wow. For sharing that. I'm really, I'm really moved. I'm really touched by just how 
bad and debilitating that has been for you and for so long to to live with that without you know any any improvement and just you know treatment options suggested to you just actually making it worse it's it's there but it's you know it brings either extra side effects or it's actually just worse um wow which is something that a lot of uh, gynecologists and general practitioners as they're treating this disorder they don't have that awareness and so they're not they're not communicating that to their patients and they're not screening for that once they are on the medication. And so that's something I really work hard with my clients, regardless of which uh, protocols they decide to put in place or whether they choose allopathic treatment programs or not. It's kind of like you need to be tracking your symptoms because something, some, it doesn't, a supplement even can exacerbate your symptoms. Uh, a, a, natural progesterone cream can exacerbate your symptoms. So we want to be monitoring exactly how the modality that you're putting in place is affecting your cycle, because we don't want you spending money or do it, making major life uh, style behavior changes. If they're not clearly impacting your symptom presentation, which it takes a little while to see that, but it's really easy to have a few months go by as you're on a protocol and be like, Oh, I think I feel better. Or I think I feel worse, but I don't really know. That's not data and that's not super helpful. So to be able to be clearly charting and monitoring, I think that that's a really important piece of the puzzle, regardless of if you're dealing with endometriosis, PCOS, um, any other condition to just be monitoring the effects of what things you're actually trying so that you can get a clear, true picture of how they're affecting you. Yeah, that's really, really wise um, advice there. I completely see how that would be really powerful, you know, for you to start drawing out the pictures, but then for the whoever you're working with as well, mm-hmm. you know, whether that's someone like you or even, you know, a GP or gynecologist to be like, look, this is this mm-hmm. is like evidence. This is not me mm-hmm. kind of. Mm-hmm doing my best to remember it's it's fact it's you know it's Mm. all there so yeah amazing amazing advice so just to jump into um you know PMDD a little bit more and like the you said that you started experiencing it right at your first bleed and then Mm -hmm. every every cycle and then for years and years and you know you've said that it's um you know a reproductive disorder you said that it was a, a mood disorder um, and, you know, it's not PMS. Like, could you just speak to a little bit more about like what it is and also mm. what it is not mm-hmm. just to clarify sure. myth bust. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So PMDD is a cyclical reproductive mood disorder that affects around they're estimating 5.5% of people who menstruate. So that's around one in 20 of those people, but I suspect that that statistic is much higher because 90% of cases are undiagnosed or misdiagnosed. It seems really people. common with, with all kinds of things, doesn't it? Related to menstrual mm. cycles and mm. women's health. Yeah. A lack of research overall. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, it affects people during their reproductive years, of course, And it presents symptoms during the luteal phase of the menstrual cycle. So there are four phases of the menstrual cycle and PMDD is presenting in the premenstrual phase, which is about 10 to 14 days before you bleed and symptoms can be presenting, you know, six days, seven days, or a full 14 days. And a kind of clear sign with PMDD is that it flip it flips on like a light switch and it flips off like a light switch so post ovulation your estrogen levels drop and that's where progesterone begins to rise and you have a sensitivity to that fluctuation and that's when you start experiencing physical and psychological symptoms and then again at the end of the of the luteal phase your hormones progesterone and all your other hormones drop to their lowest level in the cycle and that's pretty immediately people often feel a relief from those symptoms. So in the PMDD community, it is the bleed when the bleed comes, that is 
kind of your saving grace. Uh, whereas in society, a lot of times the mentality around the menstrual cycle is that the menstrual cycle phase is the terrible one, but often it's the premenstrual phase. It certainly is for people with PMDD, but a lot of times if you're experiencing PMS or other um, period symptoms and cycle symptoms, a lot of times they're presenting before menstruation. Yeah. Um, PMS is much less severe. So 90% of people report experiencing PMS symptoms. And there is some symptom overlap between PMS and PMDD. Things like anxiety and depression and a lot of the physical symptoms. But the difference is that PMS isn't debilitating. Whereas the PMDD symptoms are severe enough that they impact your ability to go about your day or live your normal life. And things like suicidal ideation, self-harm behaviors are much higher in people with PMDD than that's usually not a symptom that's present in PMS, um, PMS symptoms. So that's kind of, it's kind of like a spectrum. They're not the same thing, but unchecked for long enough, PMS symptoms can look more like PMDD. Um, so much to say, I could just go on and on. <laughs> yeah, thank you. So really hearing that it's, you know, presented like there's physical symptoms, but it's the psychological symptoms that are the most debilitating and, you know, it's spectrum where, you know, it can be like PMS on one side and PMDD on the other, even though they are different one can lead to the other, but it's that real sense of debilitation and not being able to get out of bed, participate mm -hmm. in life. Um, mm -hmm. You spoke earlier on about, you know, holding a job, having a mm -hmm. relationship, parenting, like, you know, not mm -hmm. feeling that you can, you know, you said about responsible choices, like not feeling that you are capable of doing those things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the duration as well, because usually with PMDDs or usually with PMS symptoms, people are experiencing PMS, you know, three days before they bleed, maybe five, but a lot of times people with PMDD are suffering for two weeks, which is half of the month, which is half of their menstruating life, which is a lot of days and months and years and then um, all added up. Yeah, that's really severe, isn't it? That's really impacting. I can't, yeah, I can't imagine. I don't experience that myself, but mm -hmm. just that it's like loss of half of your life, like you said, to just, yeah. And it, I can just really imagine that if if you experience this, then absolutely your menstrual cycle would just be something that you would really struggle to, you know, to embrace, <laughs> really. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um yeah. So, but hearing as well that, you know, kind of taking, you know, pills that, that would switch off the cycle aren't, aren't really helping either. So, you know, you said on your, on your website, it's a beautiful website. I really liked your website. <laughs> well, you said, you. if you take control of your hormones, you can take control of your life. So you spoke about that sensitivity to, um, to estrogen and, and progesterone at the start of, the luteal phase, the premenstrual mm -hmm. phase. Could you just speak to a bit about what's kind of going on there on a hormonal level? And, um, you know, I guess really um, you're, you know, you're taking a more alternative approach to, to healing PMDD, uh, you know, and you and your, your specific work, you know, you, mm -hmm. you are weaving together different modalities. Yeah. I just would love to hear you speak to, you know, how you support like how your how the hormones are are contributing like you said about the sensitivity but you know I guess what's kind of causing to the causing this um mm -hmm. the sensitivity as well mm -hmm. well first of all PMDD that's such a good question and so there's so much to say about all of these wonderful questions but a distinction to make is that PMDD is not a hormone imbalance. It's a hormone disorder. But that said, there is no blood, urine, saliva test to 
determine that you have a true neurological or genetic persistent case of premenstrual dysphoric disorder that wouldn't benefit from hormone balancing lifestyle changes. And the reality is just in the world that we're living in, modernity, uh, soil degradation, quality that's affecting the quality of our food, all of these things, a lot of people are experiencing hormone imbalances. You know, the hormone hormones change every day of the month. So even if you do a hormone test and things come back normal, that doesn't mean that they're optimal. And that doesn't mean that they're optimal every month. Every month is different. Every day is different. Your stress, your um, exposure to any illness, every travel, everything impacts your individual cycle, as you know. So we can all benefit. I think a lot of times a limiting mindset comes around. And I see this in a lot of PMDD online support communities where people say, well, this is a neurological condition or this is a genetic condition. So there's that. And your only options again are SSRIs or hormonal contraceptives. But the reality is um, those aren't root cause treatments and working to support your body systems that create your reproductive function will reduce your symptoms. Um, I never like to talk about cures because I think that that, first of all, there's no proven cure for PMDD. So um, I work from a scientific evidence-based background. I'm really serious about that. All the modalities that I teach and everything like that is, um, yeah, has the science to back it. So I, and I also think there's, again, it's a limiting mindset to think like, oh, we need to look for a cure. No, what we're really doing is what we really want to do is improve our quality of life. If we could disappear our symptoms and it, there was an easy fix, we would know about it by now. And the causality behind everyone's PMDD can be vastly different because of genetic factors, because of lifestyle and diet, because of their uh, levels of hormone imbalance. But Something else that's pretty clear in the PMDD research is trauma. So childhood trauma or a history of sexual abuse, people, it's reported that you're 6.7 times more likely to experience PMDD symptoms if you have experienced trauma or sexual abuse and who hasn't experienced trauma. So I think this impacts a lot of really sensitive people and it's it's a complex there are a lot of complex factors that are playing into their symptom presentation but i take the approach that i do because i truly believe that the body has an innate capacity to heal which is what integrative medicine is and i believe that when you support the underlying systems that facilitate your reproductive health like i've said multiple times um, that will help reduce and manage your symptoms. So, so yeah, so much, mm. so many avenues to go to from there, but that's a little bit more in-depth information about what might be causing it and how it presents. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's really profound that, you know, that's one in 20 people suffering, um, you know, the number just not being from what you've said, like definitely not being diagnosed at, you know, in, in its true, in its true rate. And then that many people having experienced, um, you know, that correlation between childhood trauma and, and PMDD, it's just, yeah, I really, really can feel that, you know, you know, our, our bodies are sensitive as well. Right. So, you know, the, the hormones are being are like the, the physical thing that's, that's like you know, actually driving the PMDD, but beneath that, like you said, hormones are influenced by, um, you know, so many things going on psychologically and emotionally and lifestyle and food and stress and all of those things. And, you know, that you said about the root cause, like underneath it, you know, what our body is, you know, trying to keep in balance. And that's essentially what, you know, our hormones are for. It's to try and keep us in that sense of, of balance and, you know, if our body or nervous system or 
whatever is 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 stressed or carrying carrying that you know emotional you know trauma or or stress or whatever it is then just really seeing that as like this cascade that's that's driving it so Mm -hmm. the work that you do I see that you do you know functional nutrition but also you bring in botanical medicine and herbalism into your Mm -hmm. work as well which I think is really beautiful um and you know I'd love to just hear you speak a little bit about you know how how that you know I'm really curious as well about the botanical medicine and herbalism Mm -hmm. aspect like how does that Mm -hmm. support somebody to um to explore and you know support their PMDD Mm -hmm. having so many thoughts (laughs) (laughs) um well first the thing that comes up and this is something that I I try to draw a lot of awareness to is that symptom presentation is kind of your body communicating to you. That's, that's the way that, you know, if you get a fever, that's your body saying, you know, something is wrong. This is a vital sign. We need to address this right away. It's very serious. And I tell people all the time, all the time, and I I'm sure, you know, but the menstrual cycle was identified as a vital sign in 2015 by the American Academy of Pediatrics and the American um, College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists. And so we can kind of shift to taking the menstrual cycle really seriously and recognizing that these symptoms are telling us something and symptoms are clues pointing to different body systems. Um, and, and it's not as simple as, well, if you have breast tenderness, it means this for sure, but it's, it's giving us some ideas of what could be going on. And so I kind of use this within my uh, protocol to help people identify what their symptoms are telling them and using the body literacy around that. And I love to pull botanical medicine into that as a way to kind of reconnect to nature as a way to actively do a practice that's nourishing. That's, um, also related to powerful medicinal plants. There's no, um, question, around the efficacy of a lot of ancient medicinal herbal practices. So, but that being said, uh, I, I say the same thing about supplements as well or self-care practices. It doesn't really matter how many supplements you take or how many skincare fancy routines you do, um, or how many herbal remedies you put into practice if you're not addressing some underlying foundational reproductive health basics, you're not going to get the full effect of incorporating those other modalities. Not that they're not helping and that they're effective, but you can't just eat McDonald's every day and take a supplement and think you're going to feel better. You know, It's more complex than that. Your body yeah. systems are more complex, but there are a lot of powerful herbal remedies. I specifically really like uh, cluing people in about adaptogens as a way to help them manage and regulate their nervous system and their stress response. So that's kind of one of the botanical medicine routes that I take as well as um, different tonics (laughs) that I teach people how to make using teas and other um, herbal remedies. And I think it's a, it's a nice way for people to connect with their bodies. Cause some of those tonics are fiery and <laughs> you will feel them going down and the effects are significant, uh, especially if you're dealing with gut microbiome issues, gut dysbiosis, things like that. But I really like to take a full, um, kind of zoomed out approach where we look at the seven core areas of hormone health, which is my model of kind of determining where people are falling within their symptom presentation and their lifestyle and diet practices to see kind of what's going on here. Where can we improve your, your behaviors and your lifestyles in order to better support those underlying body systems and ultimately your reproductive health? And I do just want to point out, because we talked about hormone imbalances and while PMDD isn't that 
if you go in and you look at, okay, what are the symptoms of estrogen dominance, which is a very common hormone imbalance that people experience, this, the symptoms of that are very similar to PMDD. Many of them are the same. Same with progesterone deficiency. Of course, each of these have their unique flavors, but that's kind of where I think it's really important to kind of disconnect from this mentality that I have PMDD and that's who I am. And because it limits you in your healing, when you over-identify with a disorder, there is a part of the healing process. It's so important when you're able to point to something, that's the name of the thing that I experience. And you're able to distance yourself as you see, I experience all of those symptoms. How can that even be that that's related to my cycle and you get into support groups and you see other menstruators experiencing the same symptoms and you're like, what, how is, you know, experiencing interpersonal conflicts, two o'clock pattern where I'm breaking up with my partner every month or something like that. I mean, a lot of, a lot of people are experiencing that every month. And how is that related? You know, there's a process where recognizing PMDD and recognizing it's something that you are experiencing is really important, but I think there's a lot of spirituality work that comes in, in keeping a boundary between having something and being something. Because if you are something, how can you be something else? I think that's really profound. Yeah, it doesn't, it's it's not fixed. Like it's not defining you for your whole life. Mm. Mm-hmm. I love the what you what you've described there, the way that you approach this, like this really holistic view that's like, you know, looking at like, you know, your gut biome, et cetera, and you know, this sense of self-care that I can hear there as well and the spiritual approach and, you know, supporting, you know, yourself with, you know, these herbal tonics and medicines as well to, you know, support all of that healing, but really hearing just, you know, the, the kind of, like you said, like the mindset of, of work as well that's involved of, of like disconnecting, stepping back from, that you say, defining yourself as like, I have this, like I am this. Mm-hmm. the kind of difference between you know, what you're experiencing versus what like who you are that's really powerful mm. thank you it becomes so traumatic it becomes something that you fear every month because and this is something that I talk with my clients about where you kind of have pre-monarchy trauma where you have trauma in your childhood before your period or around your period that impacts the presentation of that, of your cycle every month and impacts your mental health. Of course, we know um, from the uh, ACE childhood screening test and what, what the, how that plays out in people in their adult lives with alcoholism and stuff like that. But so that's there and we can't do much about that other than um, working on nervous system regulation and healing trauma. And I, I have a lot of modalities that I and proponents of around that, but then you get into the trauma that occurs every month when you have your cycle and people, people with endo have this, it's more of a physical trauma, still trauma. It's not, um, any more or less traumatic, um, for each individual, but people are experiencing this with PMDD with psychological symptoms. And people experience this with mood disorders, just across the board, where you lose a sense of who you are, you engage in risky behaviors, you turn to things to cope that further exacerbate your symptoms and make you more impulsive, you become seriously depressed, you harm yourself in various ways, you hurt the people around you, you lose the people around you. Um, And after you, you don't have to go through very many cycles of, of an episodic event happening, where you start to become very afraid of yourself, lose a sense of who you are, and you you fear becomes embedded in your menstrual cycle experience. And so I think there's a lot of work to be done. And I put that in the spirituality core area because I think that that impacts um, your purpose and meaning in the world. But that also falls into the relationship core area where 
of course your relationships with other people, but your relationship with yourself and working on automatic negative thoughts because And I think people with PMS experience this a little bit, but it becomes very severe where in the luteal phase when progesterone is high, and I'm curious to to hear if you experience any of this, not having a BMD diagnosis and knowing that you're not experiencing the severity, but where you just start to, you know, like yourself a little bit less and start to think maybe everybody else likes me a little bit less too. And that starts spiraling and do you, does that? Yeah. So that, that comes to a point for me. It's I've, yeah, I've done a lot of, of kind of inner work, I guess, mm-hmm. um, to appreciate myself, like all of myself and value mm-hmm. all of myself. Um, but the premenstrual phase is absolutely the part where I am most likely to not like myself mm-hmm. or it feels like it manifests as, as a lot of self-doubt mm-hmm. um, and like uncertainty and like a loss of um, clarity as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So there is a sense of like, I, I sort of noticed last week when I was premenstrual particularly the days beforehand, I feel a bit more like, like my body language is a bit more like, I'm, I'm more, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of, I retreat and I'm like, oh, I'm not sure. Like my shoulders round, mm-hmm. that's what I'm doing. I'm kind of curling up into a ball and I'm like my, my head lowers and I'm a bit, I'm feel, it's like vulnerability. It's like this real mm-hmm. sense of like, I don't know. I just don't know. Like if I do this and I think the fears that come up are, are related to rejection Mm-hmm. Um, like not being, um, I wouldn't say not being liked, but like not, yeah, like a some sort of sense of like, yeah, a, re- a rejection. I think is mm. like the root of it. Yeah, that that that's when that comes up, and it doesn't come up at any other time. Mm. You articulated that so well. No thanks. <laughs> but I think what happens with people who are experiencing PMDD is it's a more severe version of that. But I think that they have a misunderstanding that that's, there isn't a thread of that that is part of the menstrual cycle and part of progesterone's qualities. And another thing that I'm super, I was, my training in school was biological anthropology. So I am obsessed with the evolutionary lineage of how we evolved and all of this. So I'm always trying to tie this back to um, biology and, <laughs> and um, the anthropology aspects. But I think people get confused and think, like, oh, I should just feel amazing all month. And that, that's, a, that's a lack of reproductive health education. Oh, and wow. I didn't know that when I got into this, but once I started realizing, "Mm, so the menstrual cycle is a certain way, hormones make you feel differently. There are biological adaptations to make that happen. You feel great when your estrogen is high and you're social and you're able to talk and communicate your thoughts super well, which I'm obviously not in that phase. Yeah. Same. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that is adaptive for a reason because you also look better. Your skin is clear. Your your features are more symmetrical. You have more energy. Well, there's a reason for that. And it's because your body's trying to get you pregnant um, in a back behind the scenes kind of way. And then the same is holding true in the luteal phase when your progesterone is high because your body doesn't know if you conceived or not. So it's going to kind of shut down a lot of those uh, energies that were present in the estrogenic phase, because you don't want to be going out, partying, taking on risky behaviors, chatting up a bunch of strangers because you're exposing yourself to pathogens. You also need to conserve your energy because you may be pregnant. Um, There's just, there's just different qualities. And so I think that having more education around the cycle and understanding the body literacy, not only behind all of these other things that are playing into your reproductive health, like sleep and endocrine disrupting chemicals and systems of elimination. And, you know, I thoroughly excavate all of these topics with my, with my students, but just a basic understanding of this is how the cycle works. And you should expect to feel differently and you should expect to 
provide and support your body differently because sex hormones and all hormones massively impact who you are as an individual, how you feel, how you behave, everything. So there's just a lack of understanding of how how powerful those hormones are. And then once you start to realize that, you can realize, no wonder I'm feeling so extreme because if a hormone can make you feel this when it's regulated, if it's dysregulated or I'm having an oversensitivity to it, the only where place to go is really like a sharp spiral down from what's already present. So that's kind of where the coping skills and tools come in as well. You've explained that in a, re- in a such a clever way there that I really, I can really relate to that. And yeah, I love the way as well that you explained that you know, how our hormones change and like why, and then how we, why we have that premenstrual experience of being more like inwards and kind of slower and like, you know, I guess protecting ourselves in case there like conceptions occurred, you know, like we wouldn't Mm -hmm. want to be going out and like, you know, like you say, doing risky shit when we're meant to be like, oh, you know, we might be going into mother phase, like let's, Mm -hmm. you know, and all those kind of qualities of nurturing, um, yeah, I a hundred percent agree. Like there's just I think I think, you know, not talking about PMDD as such, but generally the reason I think so many people struggle, you know, with the premenstrual phase is that like we just don't accept, we don't value that part of the cycle, mm. that version of us. Like that's not productive, that's not attractive, mm. that's mm. not um like contributing in in any way that's just Mm -hmm. like weak and you know pointless and you know Mm -hmm. it can make us feel like bring up a lot of shame in ourselves and like you say if we don't understand we don't like it we don't we're fighting against it instead of actually really leaning into what it can give us like that Mm -hmm. are opportunities within that but with PMDD it's clear that those opportunities or whatever that 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 experience doesn't come like it's it's so intense and debilitating potentially that you know it's it's this kind of just surviving that that time Mm. of the cycle Mm. but love that you bring into your work as well like this is normal like you will feel different and that's okay like you Mm -hmm. will feel different and like you're meant to kind of thing um so like reclaiming that and like loving that welcoming in that um, mm. part of the cycle as part of you know all the work you're doing as well like to actually support the hormones I guess mm. powerful stuff um, something else you said on your website I just really love this quote <laughs> it shouldn't be an act of feminism to know how your body works it shouldn't be an act of feminism to ask for help when you're suffering Mm. I just really, I'm like, yes, but also like, Mm. oh, tender, like when I hold my heart Mm. and kind of like, I really, really feel that, Mm. you know, and I guess I just, um, you know, wonder from your perspective, you know, in the PMGD world as well, um, you know, it's so hard for, for people to, to ask for help. And, you know, I'm hearing that when people have asked for help, like you, you have, and, you know, I don't want to generalize, but, you know, kind of, feeling that it's really common for people with PMDD you know you're like this this is definitely not normal you go and get help and then you get these solutions or the you know non-solutions these suggestions for treatments that are not working and you said there's not the screening and it's there like this is the path that's being taken and you know I just wonder like you know this act of like you know understanding you just spoke to understanding and then for asking you know help like generally we're we're rubbish at asking for help you know Mm -hmm. I feel like this just does this feed into PMDD you know and and make it worse and you know like sort of this powerlessness I guess or like this Mm -hmm. not being able to to reach out Mm -hmm. I feel like you know is there something in that for people with PMDD like learning to like advocate yeah. for yourself, I guess. Yeah. It's very challenging. And I think it's increasingly challenging as you do reach out for support and practitioners are uneducated on it, or they only give you those two options, or it still happens where 
practitioners, because they don't know about it, it doesn't exist to them. Mm -hmm. And that's just, you know, there's so many things about allopathic medicine. I'm not anti-allopathic medicine. Allopathic protocols fall within integrative medicine. Integrative medicine considers um, all approaches, all, all treatment modalities, but is always going to go for uh, ones that don't alter your physiology first and, and testing and things like that before you would get to taking uh, medication, a prescription medication. But it's it's devastating when you finally go and you reach out for help and you try to communicate how severe your symptoms are and people say, well, it's just PMS or, you know, we'll just take this and it will get better. And then it doesn't get better. I mean, it, it's, it's kind of a black hole and it's really hard if you go by yourself alone to those appointments. Cause it's hard to advocate for yourself. You forget the questions that you're going to ask. You're stressed, you're in fight or flight, and they only have eight to 10 minutes to spend with you. Um, and unfortunately I think that's, that's why I chose the path that I did. I have a friend, a really close friend who's a gynecologist. And we talk about this all the time because she's still wants to become more of an integrative type of gynecologist, but I didn't take that route because of my personal experience. And because I don't, I don't want to prescribe treatment that is like that. I want to teach people how to heal their body systems. And I want to educate people. Most of all, I'm very passionate about education around reproductive health because you don't get it. And I understand why you don't get it. You know, I wouldn't want my child going to school and getting just any random person's curriculum of reproductive health education potentially, but because we don't get that, our parents don't get that. And then there's no education being passed down um, for children to really understand their reproductive health. But the reality is that suffering monthly because of a natural biological process to the point that you cannot function, whether it be physical or psychological, is not normal. It, it may be common, but we did not evolve for over you know 500 million years or more um, and perpetuate our species and, and thrive to suffer. Like that's just not, there's nothing adaptive in biology about that. So I truly believe that that's where your symptoms are sending you a message and that creating that new language of symptom empowerment, where instead of feeling so victimized, which is hard to do, that's why you need to work with a variety of practitioners and you need to get the education because it's not as easy as, well, just stop being victimized by your symptoms and move on. Like, you know, you have to, you have to get support, but there are people out there who can facilitate that and help you navigate that process. That's very validating and very hopeful because the truth at the end of the day is you do not only have two treatment options. That's just a flat out lie. And they don't have the time to educate you. They don't have that education to educate you. And that's not what allopathic medicine is. Allopathic treats symptoms. So they're just doing their job. And if you're not happy with that, approach, which I wasn't, a lot of people weren't, it's not really on them. That that's just how the modern medical industrial complex works. But something I think people don't know that's really cool is that naturopaths, which are covered by many healthcare providers and insurance companies in the United States. I'm not sure how this works. I know that there's different, I think a naturopath means a different thing in uh, Australia than it does in the States and in Canada, but in, in, in the States, if you're a naturopath, you can prescribe medication and you are tra- trained in gynecology. So you, and a lot of insurance co- companies are covering this. So you can just go in through your ins- insurance company, seek out a naturopath or an integrative practitioner, or functional medicine doctor, and they can do anything not gynecological surgeries probably, but they can do your monthly or your yearly exam and they can run your blood tests and they can prescribe you medication and everything that your regular gynecologist would do. But they operate from a different paradigm, which is more integrative. That's going to kind of zoom out and look at like, okay, well, what is going on here? Let's take a deeper look before we just hand another uh, topical medication that comes potentially with very 
uh, dangerous and deleterious effects on your overall health, uh, that's going to be a last resort. <laughs> oh, thank and I you. Wish for, that was yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this, that's just, um, I really feel your passion for this and the work and the, the, but you know, really coming from your own experience and your own, you know, that like that memory of, of how it felt for you to go and, and be given like these two options that are just, they weren't helpful for you. And there's so much more that can be done. I'm really pleased to hear that in the US, like a naturopath can do so much for you in Australia. Like I'm not a naturopath. Um, I have seen a naturopath um, and I th- we have, we have Medicare, so it's not the same as insurance, but you know, a lot of, you know, alternative quote medicines and, and, and practitioners allied health have been taken off, um, uh, funding. Like you can't get as, I'm not sure whether you can't get any funding or you can't get as much funding towards Mm. your appointments. And so it's quite an expensive, um, option, especially when you add in tests and things like that compared to, you know, going to see a GP. So it, it's, it's, it's really, it feels like it's, you know, it, it's, it's exclusive as well, which, mm. you know, um, is, is obviously not, not helpful and not, not what we should be having. But, you know, when I, I grew up in the UK, I didn't, I'd never even heard of a naturopath until I came to Australia. I had no idea what it was. I was like, oh, what, <laughs> what is this? Um, it just was not something that, you know, I don't know whether that's just my family, my community, like my upbringing that I like why I'd not heard of it, or I'm sure there are naturopaths in the UK, but it just was mm-hmm. absolutely not part of the, um, the kind of language or the, the, um, the options, like the map of, of getting health. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it's, you know, I think it definitely seems to be different depending on where you are. So I would love to ask um, if somebody is wanting to take some first steps, getting support mm-hmm. with their PMDD and you've been listening and you're like, I want to speak to jazz. Like, <laughs> I want, like I want to, you know, I want to you know, contact you and, and get some help. Like what would, what would be the first steps? Where can people find you? Are you happy to share? Sure. Sure. So I have a website. It is hermoodmentor.com and there's lots of information there. I'm also most active as far as social media goes on Instagram, sharing educational content. And there's a link under my bio that will take you to a lot of freebies that you can kind of get started in working towards reducing and managing your PMDD symptoms through Instagram or my website. You can also book a free consultation. where we chat about your experience, what you've tried and maybe how I can help. And yeah, my DMs are always open. So I'm, I'm always in the DMs chatting with people about what they're experiencing and, and what options are out there and, and that it still is hopeful for them regardless of how it feels in the moment. Amazing. Thank you so much. I'll pop all all of your links in, in the show notes as well. So if you're listening and you, you just want to click through, go find the show notes. Thank you so much, Jess. I've really, really loved chatting to you and, you know, hearing your story. I'm so grateful for you to share that um, and, you know, educating us as well. And I just really hear your passion for taking this holistic approach, this integrative approach. And I love the way that you, you know, you spoke about like you know, our kind of evolution of it as well. Like that just makes sense to me. Like, you know, when, how we're meant to be and how we're not meant to be and like what normal is and not normal is. And yeah, I think that just gives a real sense of like, yeah, like we're not meant to be experiencing these things. So if, if, um, yeah, if, if, I guess if somebody's curious even about finding out if they've got PMDD for sure, like you'll be able to help with that as well. Um, Mm. yeah. So go, go over and find, find Jess. Thank you for your your time with us. Thank you, Charlotte. Thank you for having me. It's been such a lovely time chatting with you. Really happy to be here. Thank you so much for listening in. If you're loving this podcast and you'd love to help me spread the wisdom shared, please leave a review or rating or share this with somebody who you think would love to listen in. I'm really passionate about creating ripples of change and getting 
this information to more women, girls and people with a cycle so that they can reclaim their cyclic natures too. And if you'd love to dive in deeper with learning more about how to connect with your cycle and rites of passages, come and join our free Wild Flow Circle community or choose a course and learn with me on my online learning hub. All the links are in the show notes. And until next time, be well and go with the flow of your cyclic nature.